Hello and welcome to Creative Scramble. My name is Carl Thompson and today we're going to talk about the costs of video and try and educate potential clients seeking video costs and sort of share how we explain bracketing costs and production values that goes into, into video. I'm joined by Kieran Edwards, who's quoted jobs ranging from £500 one-offs to £500,000 ongoing retainers. And obviously jobs that size have a lot of moving parts and are usually much larger campaigns. They're not just video content, but I just thought I'd intro you yeah, yeah. <laughs> just so that we, as a as an audience, know sort of the scale of jobs. You know, basically, there's a bit of mystery um, amongst clients who've never commissioned video. But basically, I'm talking about one-off clients or, or people yeah. who are just getting into the industry in terms of commissioning video because we've got a lot of returning clients who know what stuff costs. They have a budget in mind. Marketing managers know what they want to spend. I'm yeah. not necessarily talking about them. I'm talking about people who have no idea what what stuff costs when it comes to video, and basically. How do you go about sharing that information with, with a new client? They, they don't know what they want to spend. They don't know how much stuff costs. So it's, it's on us to educate them, yeah, I guess, exactly. and explain what, what video costs. And I understand that it can be tricky. We're not, we're not just sharing our rates publicly on the website. No, and I think part of the reason, obviously, for having this discussion as well is we found recently that when asking what someone's budgeting is early doors, it, it, it can almost feel like companies are doing a bit of a money grab. And it's, that's not the case. It's because there's such a wide sort of spectrum of possibilities, and we're trying to work out where they are on on that spectrum. Um, like you were just saying, there's there's people that come to us and they'll sort of say, "We want a video. We don't know how much we want to spend," and that's that's okay if someone doesn't know. Um, but then what we will try and get to is, okay, well, what what do you want to get from it? What does it need to include? Because as you said before, video can be something shot right down on an iPhone. It sometimes serves a purpose, but right up to having multiple crew members, different cameras, specialist cameras, studio locations, certain lighting and things like that that actually do add a certain value but cost a lot of money. Um, and what we found quite often is when quoting a job it's not a case of a higher production, it means as a company we make more money. Sometimes that production value goes an external talent like your makeup artists and actors and so on and bringing them in adds something to it but it doesn't always mean that we're making more money. So. Yeah, we like to find out early doors what, what a budget is or at least what the main aims are so we can work out sort of what our costs will be accordingly. Yeah, yeah. So how would you approach a new prospect that did say, hey guys, love your work, how much for a video? Yeah, it's always a tricky one. I'd, I'd probably take a deep breath um, and, then, and then sort of compose either a positive email back or, or give them a call. I like to try and get on the phone with people. I think the, the whole lost in translation uh, applies here in terms of certain terminology or words I may use over email for example it might not be clear to a client what I'm talking about so I like to try and get either face-to-face -face or on the phone as early doors as possible obviously that can be quite difficult at times but and, and just work out if, if someone says I don't really have a clue much video costs what's the rates I mean we can give our sort of rough day rates for us as a company that, that we have for certain tasks like filming and art direction and editing and so on um, but usually it's straight away early doors to finding out where the video is going, what's it being used for, and what's its purpose. Yeah, and you know what they're trying to achieve pretty early Yeah, on. exactly. And just just on that as an example, if it's an explainer video um, that, you know, as a company we don't do many of, but if it is a talking head explainer video that just needs to, to show someone how to use something or how to use a piece of software, for example, it's very different if we're saying actually this is a really fast-paced, energetic campaign video that really needs to sell product and, and a whole campaign with loads of other areas and assets and, and marketing sort of activities all centered around this video, mm -hmm. then that video really needs to work. 
yeah. um, and it and it might need certain techniques used in it or certain camera movements that allow um, to give a certain message and yeah. sell the product. Video has also been displayed in so many more different areas. Yeah, true. Historically, people would commission a TV advert, and you know maybe there's five channels and people had to watch the adverts. Now, you know you've got moving billboards, you know the displays in airports. Obviously, the social media, which is incredibly vast in terms of the reach, sponsored ads, pre-roll, all sorts of things that people don't really think of. So when they say to you, oh, you know, I want a video, they don't. I don't think they really fully understand that the days of having one video, I think, are just long gone. It's about yeah. how to repurpose that content in almost as many forms as possible and that's often hard to quote for because you don't you need to know what they're going to put any are they going to put any money behind it they're going to put any exactly. ad spend on it is that part of the production budget not normally we wouldn't add on uh, ad spend yeah. for ourselves and manage manage the ads we will focus purely on content creation um so it's just making sure people know that you know we can you can over deliver you could get 10 videos off the back of this um this project you know, quite easily you could have a, a master brand film and then a bunch of little social snippets and then a couple of swipe ups like the landscape of what you actually deliver as part of a video project is massive now yeah and i think if we look back at some of the, the projects that we've done i'd probably hazard a guess that maybe out of the last 10 productions we've done maybe two have just been one main film i'd say majority of the stuff has been there might be a main campaign video but we're actually factoring in to the film in, like you say, vertical formats for Instagram stories and so on, or there's going to be little six second snippets for paid social ads that are in square, and it's not just a case of cropping down a square version, we've got to shoot for that, and the movements might be different. So I think understanding that um, early doors helps. I, I think sometimes when we have conversations with clients that are maybe new to video, there's certain elements of, of their campaign or their marketing activity that they probably don't share with us because they don't necessarily deem it useful. They don't think that we may need to know paid socials are part of the strategy, where actually that could be a big part of it. Yes, if for, if for example, if we're, if we're creating something and as the sort of the social strategy that a client's got is going to target um, the product and therefore target the video at young athletes, then that video needs to be very energetic and fast paced and some sound design in there to bring those sort of movements up. And that, that changes how we may quote for something but actually if it's more you bake off style and it's maybe slight older generation and it's food and so on, then we might want some slower shots. We might want some slow more thousand frames in there which changes the camera we use. And it's not a case of every production and everything we shoot needs all this fancy kit. Quite a lot of the stuff we do with just the team, the kit we have here, we don't always need to, it's not a case of us trying to get more money to rent stuff. But it tends to be a case of looking at what we've got and what we can do, is that going to do the job? Do we need some external sort of resource to push the, the creative to make sure it really delivers? Um, and then actually working that with the client to make sure that the video overall is fit for purpose. Yeah. I mean, we do a lot of um, content in the food and drink space. And one thing I don't think clients fully understand is the amount of attention to detail to lighting and styling is what yeah. takes it from, you know, entry level um, sort of shot on a phone basic content to it's your higher end, really sucking, looking amazing, um, amazing food, yeah. and that's what takes, that's what takes time to craft, you know, to yeah. plan. To do we need to rent any extra lights? Um, and another thing I think people don't necessarily value is experience. So we've got our day rate set based on ten years industry experience. Yeah. So for instance, when I left university, obviously I can't charge anywhere near as much money as what. I can charge now because I've got a lot more knowledge, experience, uh, much wider network, all the things that 
takes time to to acquire, I guess, yeah. um, and has a monetary value to it as well. Yeah, and I think that experience can also come in later. It's not just on the filming. I think when you're... I don't mean just years as well. I'm not saying yeah. some, if someone's got 35 years experience, therefore they're going to be 10 times more expensive no, every no, time. That doesn't like quite that. work like that. You still need an element of experience. Yeah. But there's, there's experience in terms of experience in a certain industry, experience with certain products. Like you said, if we shoot a lot of food, we know that if we're going to take our time working out a shot, that that food might have oxidised and gone brown and look a bit naff. And I think that time then starts to cost money because then you are having to do it again, having to plate another plate of food up. But just those little things that you might not even speak about that we know means we, we can probably get through things more efficiently. It might be that we're shooting something knowing the, the amount of times and probably even me when I'm directing something I've, I've looked at the screen and gone Cal I'm not sure this is right but it's because actually your experience is telling you well it's going to be like this in the edit and that experience is worth quite a lot as well yeah. in terms of it's not a case of just what you're filming on the day it's knowing that actually when we get to the edit we're going to have what we need to piece bits together and, and make it all work yeah yeah exactly why do you think Production companies such as ourselves, or you know, other other in, other industries, aren't so open about disclosing their costs publicly. I think it's not even just video. Yeah, any industry, no. you know, I think design, web. No, not I think any, anything in sort of marketing, communications, advertising, any sort of creative roles, freelancers, companies, agencies that are sort of in that those sectors, um, it's difficult because there is such a large um, scale of types of companies and freelancers and so on so it's quite easy when there's not you know a lot of knowledge in every area um, to just go in and undercut someone the amount of people you know I've had family members that have sort of come to me and gone oh we've, we've done this in the past and then oh but this this uh, this person said they could just do it for 400 quid it's great isn't it and you sort of think well because there's areas that they don't even know exist to look at they kind of think they've got a deal where actually the, the corners that have been cut that they weren't even aware of has meant they've got a much lesser product yeah. and i think that's why a lot of people are reluctant to maybe always talk about costs openly and publicly because it gives someone else the opportunity unfortunately in the world we're in to just come in and say well i'm cheaper than that you know i've seen people before that the new business technique is to just go through clients websites and look who look at the look who they're working with look at an agency look at the working with and say right, i'm going after them and I don't think that's the uh, the best way, but I think you know, you know, whilst it might not be open, like our costs aren't open on our website, but if someone rings up, they can find them out within seconds. Yeah, so it's yeah. not a case if we've got anything to hide. It's just that we're just we need to understand and talk to, and, and the cost won't be the same in terms of if someone said, "What is your flat day rate for editing?" It's not going to change depending on who you are or what brand you are or what the project is. What will change is how many days we need to edit, depending on what we're actually editing and how many. Some people have seen it another way around though in terms of uh, oh hello mr nike oh ka-ching yeah and they do yeah. mark up the cost significantly because they think the brand can afford it yeah is that something you've seen quite a lot of in the past or is that something that's you can't do that so much nowadays um i've only experienced it i've not experienced it for a while it's something that probably in my previous agency days where i've experienced more freelancers when you're working with certain freelancers um, there is, there's so many great freelancers that I've worked with in the past um, with sort of specialist skill sets, but there are some that you mentioned. They know the company, they know the profile of the company, they know the brand you're going to work with, and you sort of think, well, I'm going to, your cost is triple from the one you did the other week, which was for a smaller brand. And, it, and it's quite difficult to have those conversations. And every time it, it comes back down to what the original rate was. So you sort of think, well, it was just a bit of a, 
sort of chanting technique, uh, which is which is quite difficult yeah, yeah. Uh, to, to work with. But there's, like I said, they are few and far between. I don't know many people that do, but I have experienced that before. Yeah. What are your thoughts on bracketing costs? You know, if uh, if someone said, okay, I want a video, but I don't know how much it's going to cost. Yeah, great, great approach to it. I think it's especially with people that don't know necessarily what they're going to spend. Like say, we, we've we've had this debate loads with people, and it's kind of. It's always useful to come to someone like us with a budget, but if you don't have a budget, if you're sort of saying, well, right, I need the video to do this, and we, we've covered that as a first point, then it's we can then say, okay, well, I'll tell you what, option A is your sort of minimum viable product, what's gonna work, what's, you know, we would never put something forward that we think's just gonna fall flat on its face and not do anything, but this is kind of what, as a bare minimum, with a lean sort of structure to it, we can do. Actually, if we were to push the budget a little bit further, we could add this on, which would allow the video to excel in this area. And then you've kind of got maybe a third option. And it's kind of, rather than just going in with something that may be too high, and then people go, oh, I can't afford that. And then no one wins in that sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, very interesting points. I think the difficulty, I don't think there's a ra- an easy, right, obvious answer to say how much does the video cost. You know, from no. a client's point of view and from us a production point of view, I wish I could just give that answer and say that's that's what it is, but because we're offering a combination between a service and a product, yeah. it's not like people coming to us and say, I want that chair. Okay, you know what that chair costs to manufacture, you know what your margin is, you know what you can sell it for. There's only so much wiggle room you can have there. Yeah. It's not, unless you're redesigning the chair and said, okay, well the fabric's different and then the wheels are different and this is different and you're going to have this. That's then becomes a bespoke chair, which you're then paying a lot of money for. Yeah. Basically my point is, there's, there's so many wide variations when it comes to video and costing up a video that I, I guess the best case is to start with a phone call. Always, and I, and I think take it project by project. So it's not a case of, you know, if, if, if someone's giving us a call, we've had a maybe a couple of meetings, we've worked out a bit of a concept and we said, right, and this is a budget, we've gone ahead. Um, if the same person at the same company or that person then moves to another company and thinks, right, I need a video, but I remember last time it cost this amount. It's not a case of that it will be exactly the same. And that's not at all because we'll change our rates, but it's because the video may have different requirements. So there's a difference in, again, creating that campaign film that might have a lot of moving parts to actually we're not shooting a one-off video. We're spending a day creating a series of 10 Instagram stories in a studio on a Colorama. It's going to be a lot different because there's not as much involved. So I think it is always to take it by project by project. And it doesn't mean you have to spend weeks and weeks having meetings again and so on. You, you know the client, we start to build a relationship with our clients so we know usually where they are and what we can suggest and what the videos are used for and how they're going to use it. And we, we, get, we get that information over time. But yeah, I think it's always still worth having a conversation and saying either like, we've got this budget or we want to do this, um, what we're thinking, because it, it's not always a case that it's a, it's a one size fits all. Yeah, the biggest frustration, I guess, from a production side of things, if, if a client says, I don't know what, I want to spend, we are essentially just throwing a dart at a dartboard with a blindfold on. Yeah. Saying we'll you know, we'll put together a whole proposal, come up with a creative, cost it all out, say, well what you know, if you've sent an example film over or whatever, we think you it needs to cost ten grand. Yeah. And they go, Oh, I only had five hundred quid in my head. So like, well, so we need to know early on yeah, in yeah. the conversation. Well it doesn't have to be an exact number, but within between A and B this is what I want to spend would be, be helpful from a production yeah, side yeah, of things, definitely. certainly. But, and I think that's the way there's just a lot of, got to be a lot of give and take in that conversation. 
you know, having having that early on, us maybe providing some, like you said, the bracketed cost options or saying, like you've got an A, B and C or you have got between X amount and X amount, mm -hmm. um, because then you can start to narrow it. You, you don't have to have the answer straight away, but I think yeah. having the conversation, I think when it doesn't work and it's such an old school mentality and I think, you know, some people, uh, may completely disagree, but it's when when I've had the approach in the past where it's like you tell me, and you, you ask a few more questions, it's like well you just tell me, you know come back to me and wow me, but we could spend a lot of time, and and time in this sense is our commodity, so we spend a lot of time putting thoughts together, putting crates together, um, and actually we could be just wasting everyone's time. We could get to something quite quick that helps the brand get there video out quicker and everyone gets to do what they want to do quicker whereas if we spend weeks coming up with a concept just to wow someone but actually the um, the resources we're using that concept aren't affordable because there's no budget there for it then we're wasting time and if we just go into something that actually you can start to mold agencies and production companies like ourselves into just trying to go in cheap to make sure they get the work with you because it's the first one and they want to get on your good side but all you're doing there is limiting your own product because you're making them do something that's not that creative just to sort of say well what can we do for quite cheap so we know we can we can sort of get in there and then they're not making much money so they're not going to use then that money in return and develop themselves in the kit and produce a better product for you and you're going to get a product that's pretty bog standard so i think mm. yeah the more you can have your conversations early doors than just kind of a wow me the better yeah yeah it would be interesting to hear your thoughts on it as well is so from my perspective um I've quoted a lot of projects, like you said before, large retainers, one-off projects, where there's there's um, a lot involved. Um, not necessarily always just the video element, or there's multiple people, multiple resources. Um, from back, like you said, starting off after uni days and progressing as a, as a cameraman and then moving more into owning a production company. Has it been interesting to see how quoting for jobs change when you've gone from one of the moving parts to looking at the whole thing? Oh yeah, massively. This I think what's under undervalued is the creative as well in terms of um, valuing the, the pre-production time that goes into into a project. I was always, as a freelance cameraman, you know, years ago, I was just I was a, essentially a technician. So I had my day rate, turned up with the camera, all that pre-production and logistics and creative was was done. My job was to maybe I might have a phone call, say right, what we're we doing, do I need extra lights, whatever. Turn up on the day, shoot, and hand the invoice over. It was a simpler time, yeah. and. And and that's it was just about serving a purpose really, being a very technical role, um, and you know I got I did very well at it and I was quite happy with it. But the experience now of, of pitching ideas, coming up with creatives, you know, with yourself, doing a lot more of the producing side of things, plus overseeing the edits as well as, as you know, there's so many more things that go into it. Then obviously we have to we're putting a lot more time into a project. Yeah. You know, at one point I was shooting four projects a week. You know, every single, almost every single day, I was on a different project in a different part of the country or the world or wherever, and that's not always the the best thing from sort of a a, a personal standpoint because I was always on the road and I was up and down the country and doing all, all this crazy shit. So I quite enjoy now scoping out a much larger project and having and seeing it go from start to finish, and it is a yeah, it's a completely different experience and and the way you value the time is is different and it's. I suppose still a, an ongoing learning experience. Yeah, and I suppose one of the things I think sometimes what might be questioned when we speak to people and 
they might not have a budget is because sometimes if we've got in touch with someone first and they've sort of been open to talking to us, they might not know why they need a production company as such. And like, I think one of the things you just said there about all those things when it starts to become a bit of a, a bigger beast, that's, you know, us, we simplify that. And that's what a, a production company is good at in terms of if, if you know you need a video and that those in-house marketing teams, so our, our typical clients tend to be sort of marketing managers, brand managers and content managers and so on. If they know they need a video and they need a certain use, they don't have the time to be looking at all these areas and do we need casting and can we find location? That's what we'll do and we'll take all that as well as film it and, and supply the footage. But it's not a case of that because there are all these moving parts, it's super, super expensive because um, it's kind of part of the job for us. Yeah, There's probably yeah. a lot that goes into a project that we don't even ever charge for. Yeah, absolutely. There you have it. <laughs> hopefully, yeah. hopefully we've given you some interesting insights and some, some nuggets. What basically we're trying to say is that when it comes to quoting for a video, we've got our, our rates that we obviously want to run a successful business, but what we're actually looking for when we're asking about your budget is for what production value do you want to have in your video? What do you want to see that makes your concept or your product or your brand look better? And that does require money. You know, If you're gonna shoot somebody out of a cannon or whatever, um, that doesn't come out of our rate for filming it, that comes out of the production value for the video and the, and the brand, they're, they're two different things. And it's trying to make a client understand that, I guess, early doors.